Hi friends, this is JFET. Whether you're around the corner or across the world, welcome to The Daily Walk. I want you to take a moment today to pause in Jesus and see what new thing could take place in your life. At the end of this podcast, you can download our app, Boulder Church, or visit us online at boulder.church to connect. And remember, we would love to hear from you as we prepare for our messages every Saturday morning on The Daily Walk. Good morning. It is Wednesday, December 19. Welcome to Daily Walk. I am Becky de Oliveira. And I'm Japheth de Oliveira. And uh, let's pray for today, middle of the week as well. Having Father, just uh, thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you for all that you've called us to. Lord, as uh, we reflect on this passage that Paul has written so long ago, God, I ask for a fresh insight. I ask for your spirit to anoint us anew. I ask for God for, uh, you know, inside all that's going on inside this passage here for us to just uh, draw a, a new image of who you are, uh, an image that actually is true to who you are, and one that brings the joy and the overflow of Christmas as well. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, Hebrews twelve eighteen through 29 from the New Testament for Everyone, NTE. This section has two subheadings. The first one is from Mount Sinai to Mount Zion. You haven't come, after all, to something that can be touched a blazing fire, darkness, gloom, and whirlwind, the sound of a trumpet and a voice speaking words which the hearers begged not to have to listen to any more. They couldn't bear the command that even if a beast touches the mountain, it must be stoned. The sight was so terrifying that even Moses said, I'm trembling with fear. No, you've come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You've come to where thousands and thousands of angels are gathered for a festival, to the assembly of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of righteous people who have been made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood, which has better words to say than the blood of Abel. Subheading, the kingdom that cannot be shaken. Take care that you don't refuse the one who is speaking, for if people didn't escape when they rejected the one who gave them earthly warnings, how much more if we turn away from the one who speaks from heaven? At that point, his voice shook the earth. But now he has issued a promise in the following words, One more time I will shake not only the earth, but heaven as well. The phrase, one more time, shows that the things that are to be shaken, that is, the created things, will be taken away so that the things that cannot be shaken will remain. Well then, we are to receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken. This calls for gratitude. That's how to offer God true and acceptable worship, reverently and with fear. Our God, you see, is a devouring fire. All right. Uh, Here's the question for today. Um, Let me make sure I'm reading the right one here. Uh, Paul was always yearning for Jesus. When you think about Jesus, what do you yearn for? What insights have you gained that you're grateful for? Mm, I think for me, probably a world in which there is greater equity and justice. I think that was something that Jesus seemed to be aiming for. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think he, uh, I think he definitely pushed the barriers on that, and uh, and his, I mean, throughout the entire Bible, there are these strong statements that actually come through as people are constantly battling through these ebbs and flows through the days of the judges and the kings, where you feel like the people are being oppressed, the people are not being oppressed, they are with righteousness, they are with not, and yes. Well, I'm reading a book right now. It's called Evicted, and uh-huh. it's it's a kind of in depth study into lower income inner city housing and the issues that go along with that for people in this country. And so it's specifically dealing with the city of Milwaukee in Wisconsin. Oh yeah. And it's following a small group of people, both kind of slum lords 
in this inner city landscape, and then their tenants. Mm -hmm. And these are people who are paying oftentimes 80% of their income in rent. Mm -hmm. So they have almost nothing to live on, and they can't, they inevitably fall behind, and then they get thrown out. Mm -hmm. Um, And just that astonishing lack of fairness and all of that, just reading this book, it just makes you ill Mm -hmm. to think that this is reality for people and that there's no way that they can dig themselves out of this situation. You know, um, many of them have substance abuse problems, have physical disabilities where their ability to do much of Mm -hmm. anything is pretty limited. And I don't understand why knowing that we're always going to have a certain amount of people, that we have an economy and a society that cannot sustain everybody in a comfortable Mm -hmm. way, but we don't have any mechanism for dealing with that. And then we act like it's people's fault when they fail or when they're not doing well. I mean, what is a person... I remember being in San Antonio a few years ago and seeing a person who weighed probably 500 pounds, who had no legs and who was in a wheelchair and who was living in a homeless camp. And you just think, you know, what could fix that situation? I don't even know. I mean, there's so many things going on there. There are, there are. And I think that that's actually the, the thing that what we end up doing, and I think what we ha- we end up doing because it's just overwhelming sometimes, we end up either blocking a lot of these stories out of our lives. Uh, we end up not talking about these stories because mm. it's, just, it's just too much emotion, you know, too much uh, emotional drain on, drain on our souls. Um, or we desensitize ourselves by justifying uh, with with a narrative that just says, "Oh well, I met one person who was such and such and such, and therefore, yeah, they're all like this. They're all like this, right?" And I think that's what we do with with anything where we don't want to have to get engaged in it, mm-hmm. right? So we we build up a different narrative um, in order to be able to justify our position, and it, it is hard. It's hard with homeless. It's hard with with poverty. It's hard with mental illness. Um, and the the stigma attached to all those areas there, it's hard with uh, social disorders that people have. Uh, it's hard with with the the complexity of human humanity where we love to be around people who are just like us. Um, yeah, because a lot of these things, I yeah. mean, yeah, I won't sugarcoat it. They are unpleasant. You don't necessarily want to have to deal with people. Even in this book, a lot of the people, I don't know that I'd want them living in my house. Yeah. I mean, that makes me a jerk. I realize that, but. Yeah, you sometimes think, okay, I have enough to deal with without a very hostile, kind of mentally ill person screaming at me or behaving in ways that are not helpful. No, and then you, and then you, you know, you you meet somebody who actually is working with them. Mm. You meet somebody who does open the house. You yeah, and we have known people who've who, done that. Who do do amazing things, and it, and it is reversely just as inspiring to see that. And then you ask yourself, what what is it that you're lifting up with? Yeah. What is it that you are, are carrying? And I think that we all have the capacity to do something with it. The difficulty is that it's easier for us to disconnect from uh, a connection with Christ and, and the call from Christ for, for anything in our lives. And the truth is, is that it really varies what's going on in your life. Yeah, right? I think so. so. You have more capacity sometimes than others. Every time. But yeah. don't you think you also choose that? Yeah, no, you that do. That you get sucked up in. You do. In other things that you don't have to, you know, you yeah. tell yourself you have to, but so like Christmas season right now, you know, it's it's a phenomenal season for some people and really really difficult for some other people, right? Oh, yeah. And so there's this this kind of reverse side inside there, and then you you know um, the story that I was sharing today in the Daily Walk um, 
was this historical moment of, of different people who who at different points in their lives made this decision where they yearned for Christ. And it was a, a, a segment actually taken from Sam Lenore's message that he shared at the very first uh, One Project Gathering, um, international gathering that we had in Atlanta back in 2011. And, you know, there's this uh, moment where he shares a story about how people yearned for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is a, there's a moment daily, there's a moment weekly, there's a moment monthly, there's, there's something that happens in your life where you suddenly you wake up and you realize this, that who are we in in the big picture of life uh, really makes a difference. And then what are we doing with the life that we have really makes a difference as well. And I don't want to live a life of just routine. Mm. I don't want to live a life where I had resources and I didn't use them well. Yeah, that's true. And so it is, it is, it's, that's what we have to think about when we meet people that are difficult, that we consider difficult. And it it varies for every single human being. Yeah. And I've often thought it would be interesting to have the opportunity to kind of try a little experiment with somebody to take a situation that looks totally hopeless (coughs) and see, well, is there a way that that could be fixed? Could you throw enough expertise and money and resources at it to fix it? I think often we say no, that there are people well, that are just unfixable because they don't want to be fixed. And what if, but then I wonder, has anybody ever tried, though? What if I don't know. the one person you help isn't fixable, right, mm-hmm. in that instance? But if you did it with two people, the second person was, <clears throat> but you, yeah, you stopped at the first things, person, right? Certain things would fix them. I think there are always people who are teetering right on the edge where something negative is going to push them over and something yeah. positive is going to keep them up and and you know there are other people who maybe it isn't going to matter one way or the other but i think a lot of people live right on that edge yeah well uh think about this my friends our time's up for today but paul was always yearning for jesus um and when you think about jesus what do you yearn for what insights have you gained that you're grateful for uh heavy complex questions uh talk about this with your friends uh, look after each other live love and we will talk tomorrow Hey, thanks again for listening to the Daily Walk podcast today. Hey, if you remember, if you have any questions, reach out to us online at boulder.church. And if you can help support us, please feel free to give online at boulder.church forward slash give. Until next time, look after each other and live love.